Yeah, the difference between someone who is a narcissist in collapse and someone who is a victim of a smear campaign is, number one, the victim of a smear campaign who is a survivor of narcissistic abuse is not going to actively try to hurt other people. They're not going to require supply from other people in the same way that a narcissist would. A victim or a survivor of narcissistic abuse is generally someone who's a very kind-hearted person and who doesn't try to use people to their advantage. They don't try to take from someone and not give back. A narcissist displays a marked lack of empathy and is more than happy to use people and they have no remorse. I've got two questions for you. Are all empaths codependents and are all codependents empaths? I think it's time we clear up some confusion for our community. You always hear people in our community talking about how empaths and codependents are basically interchangeable terms. The thing is, they're not. So what I mean is that while some codependents are empaths, not all empaths are codependents. In other words, they are two separate concepts that some people have mistaken for synonyms. Let me explain. To understand the difference between empaths and codependents, first we need to define empathy and codependency. So let's start with empathy. What is empathy? Well, there are three different types of empathy, cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. Emotional and compassionate empathy seem to be intrinsic for most people, and cognitive empathy can be learned. So an adult empath would be able to logically understand what a person feels. They would be emotionally affected by what they feel and also move to take action to help them deal with what they feel. For example, an empath might at the age of three notice when someone is hurting and try to comfort them, even if that person doesn't say anything about it or indicate directly that something is wrong. The little child might not understand logically or might not have the vocabulary to describe what they do understand, but when they instinctively comfort someone, there's no question that they understand. At the same time, an adult narcissist who would not be considered to be an empath would be able to logically understand what you feel, but they would not be able to be emotionally affected by it for the most part, at least not in a normal way. And they would not be moved to help you deal with it unless it benefits them in some way to do so. Now let's talk about what codependency is. Codependency is when you are codependent or you're dependent on another person in unhealthy ways. It seems to be in most cases affected by some form of trauma that often occurred in childhood. It is considered a behavioral condition as it inhibits your ability to have a healthy and mutually satisfying relationship. A good synonym for codependency might actually be relationship addiction because codependents tend to be perpetually involved in relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. The differences between codependence and empaths also really important to cover. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's discuss empaths and codependents. We understand that empathy and codependency are different. So why do people in the narcissistic abuse recovery community so often confuse the term empath with the term codependent if they are in fact two distinct terms that aren't synonymous? The answer is as simple as it is complicated. It's because there are so many codependents who do happen to be empaths but then there are many who are not. And of course, just consider the definition of codependency. As it turns out, toxic narcissists can also be considered codependents. Yeah, given their excessive need for attention, adoration, and narcissistic supply, they clearly need to be dependent on others for their own emotional validation. But even though they require so much of your emotional energy, they really don't have emotional or compassionate energy themselves, and so they do often emotionally neglect and abuse their so-called loved ones. Therefore, by definition, they are codependent, but they cannot be considered empaths. So what is an empath anyway? Well, if you are an empath, you're highly sensitive to the emotions and energy of the people around you. 
right? Empaths tend to be very intuitive and they might also be spiritually inclined. In other words, if you are an empath, you're someone who naturally feels the emotions of other people and you act in accordance of that. Empaths, however, do seem to have a more natural inclination toward just understanding the psychology of both humans and animals, ironically. But are empaths rare? Well, most humans above the age of two or three have some ability to show empathy, which is on its most basic level, simply the ability to perceive what other people feel on some level. And many animals seem to have some level of empathy as well, even for humans, as evidenced by pets who appear to show concern when their owners are feeling blue. But there are many different levels of sensitivity when it comes to empathy. And those who are at the highest end of that spectrum, they might be rare. Still, even the most basic understanding of and concern for others' feelings makes life easier for everyone, right? But are empaths real? Some people seem to think that empathy is some kind of supernatural ability. But while on some level there are things that we don't fully understand about empathy as people and in the scientific community, there is a lot of scientific research that does explain how it works. In fact, a study focused on a specific type of empathy called mirror touch synesthesia offers some very interesting insight that supports the idea that empaths exist. Mere touch synesthesia is simply the ability to feel a sensation of touch when you see someone else being touched. Study authors Dr. Michael Banasi at the Goldsmiths University of London, along with researcher Dr. Natalie Bowling, well, they published research that found that up to 2% of the population could be considered empaths. But why do some people have more empathy than others? Well, clearly there are some people who seem to be more personally affected by empathy than other people. For example, someone who might be considered a natural empath would have a clearer and more comprehensive intrinsic understanding of how people feel. Using this natural ability, empaths can quickly interpret a person's thoughts and feelings. The scientific studies that are often used to demonstrate that empaths exist, however, provide indirect evidence, according to Kristen Milstead in a 2018 Psych Central article. She goes on to say this includes research showing the existence of mirror neurons in the brain, which are said to enable us to read and understand each other's emotions by filtering them through our own. Other studies she added used to explain empaths include the concept of emotional contagion, which is the idea that when people synchronize their attitudes, behaviors, and speech, they also synchronize their emotions, both consciously and unconsciously. Now Milstead noted that while the studies explain the existence of empathy, as a concept, they didn't really make it clear as to why some people seem to have a higher sensitivity to it than other people. So for now, the idea that there is a supernatural element to being an empath isn't completely disproven, but that doesn't mean scientists won't decode it in the future, so keep your eyes open. After all, there were once people who worshiped the sun. Science has a way of explaining things we don't fully understand is what I'm saying. So let's talk about the signs of being codependent, because if you really do want to understand the actual differences between codependence and empaths, well, it can really help to kind of see the signs of each be aware of them, right? So while you may be both, you might also just be one or the other. But in general, people who are codependent typically have the following behaviors. Number one, they struggle to make decisions alone, especially where their decisions would affect their partner in any way. Number two, they might find themselves having a hard time identifying their own feelings. Number three, they might have a hard time communicating in their relationships, even if they're really good at communicating in other ways and with other people. Number four, codependents are more concerned with getting the approval of people outside of themselves. Number five, codependents have low self-esteem. Number six, they may not trust their own instincts and intuition. Number seven, they may have an unhealthy fear of abandonment. Number eight, they may need approval to the point that they'll even go against their own ethics in order to get it. Number nine, codependents might feel overly responsible for the actions and behaviors of other 
people. And number 10, they're inevitably miserable if they are not in a relationship and they'll stay in a relationship that is harmful to them because they might feel as if it's better than being alone. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Now let's talk about the signs that you're an empath. While there are no easily available scientific tests that would prove your empath abilities, there are empath self-assessments such as the one on queenbeing.com that will help you to recognize yourself as someone who might be an empath. There are of course both positive and negative sides of being an empath and some of them do overlap. So number one is empaths can be targeted by toxic people. Empaths often deal with overwhelming feelings as it is. So when a relationship is toxic, they will feel like they are in absolute agony. They often end up going numb because they feel like they might not otherwise survive. Narcissists and other toxic people do seem to be drawn to empaths and most likely that's because empaths are generally moved into action by the emotions of other people. So when the empath knows that you're sad or you're upset, they do whatever they can to comfort you. When someone screams and yells at an empath, they'll do whatever they can to resolve whatever the person is screaming about. You see, it doesn't occur to an empath to feel angry at someone who is so clearly distressed. That is what attracts toxic people. The fact that the empath is so focused on making sure they are comfortable and happy in any given moment. It makes for an ideal source of narcissistic supply. And since an empath is completely focused on them, they won't have to do much to keep the empath happy. See if an empath is feeling needy and reaches out for validation, they will very quickly forget their feelings. If the other person expresses strong feelings of their own in that moment, this nature of the empath leads empaths who aren't aware of these types of manipulation to miss the fact that they're actually not not being nourished in the relationship. So they end up starving for validation, giving and giving until they sort of burn out, literally in some cases, through adrenal fatigue associated with CPTSD. The empath ends up drained of their so-called light. They have little energy. They literally are almost not even in there in some ways. They have grown so emotionally broken that they have literally stopped experiencing these emotions. This brings me to number two, empaths find large crowds draining. You will not find a happy empath at a Black Friday sale. In general, empaths can only take crowds in small doses, even if at all. That's why a lot of empaths don't like large parties or concerts. And when an empath does spend too much time in crowds, most of us really need to take some time alone before and after in order to recharge. If we don't, we will feel exhausted and tired for days or weeks afterward. In fact, we might even have physical effects, which Brings me to my next point, number three, empaths need plenty of alone time. Most empaths do require a little bit of alone time to recharge, especially when we've just dealt with emotionally difficult situations, including things like crowds, but also through various interpersonal interactions with people in our lives. An empath who is also an introvert might prefer to be alone more often than not, but even empaths who appear to be more outgoing will still need that alone time or they will become unbalanced without it. However, an introvert who isn't an empath would generally need less alone time for winding down. And in the case of codependents, whether they're empaths or not, well, they might feel they don't want to be alone at all for any reason. This is one way that an empath can manifest emotional and or psychological damage caused by their toxic relationships. That brings me to number four, empaths feel their way around new places. See, empaths seem to feel the energy of any location where they happen to be. In a calm, clean, and organized place that is lit with candles and has soft colors, for example, well, the empath might feel calm. They might sense a relaxing and positive energy. On the flip side, if an empath walked into a room where there was a crime committed, sometimes even if they were unaware that the crime was committed there, or if they walked into a room, say directly after a confrontation as small as a marital spat, they would feel the energy buzzing around without question. They might even ask you something like, hey, are you guys okay? or should I come back later? They might feel uncomfortable or be physically affected, but not be able to quite put their finger on why. Like they just know something is wrong, you know? 
I have always been by nature, I thought, a very diplomatic person. I'm really good at keeping the peace. I'm really good at telling people things they might not want to hear. I also like to call myself an empath sometimes. While I would like to think that those are natural abilities that I've just been given by some divine force, the unfortunate truth is probably these are trauma responses, things I learned in my childhood to keep myself safe. Can you relate? Let me know. Now this brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, did you previously confuse the terms empath and codependent or have you known all along? And what are your thoughts on all of this? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm gonna leave for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button right over there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.